Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to read a quote by Mark Twain. He said, The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks and starting on the first one. So often in life, if you're like me, most human beings have grand plans. We have goals. We have things that we're aspiring to. We have things in in our heads that we can see taking place, but they're not actually eventuating. They're not taking place. But we can see them because they're, they're in our hearts or there's desires put by God in there or put by ourselves or by our environment around us. And so we have these pictures of what in five years or, or if someone says, what are you, what's your calling or what are you going to be doing in 10 years? We could name those things, but sometimes we never actually get started on the tiny little tasks to actually get the ball rolling. And so that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. And I think Jesus actually taught a great principle about this in Matthew 17, Matthew 17, and I think I think I started in what did I start in verse 14. There we go. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation. There's the brutal honesty of Jesus. Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And we can take a lot of things from that. But the focus that I want to bring out today is about the mustard seed. How the micro turns into the macro. And we'll read again from Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. And this is Jesus telling another parable. And he said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. The reason I read that quote about Mark Twain and the reason I've read these passages is because I think we can learn a lot from this mustard seed parable. The mustard seed is tiny. It's very small. The Bible says it's the smallest of all seeds. And interestingly enough, it then grows into this great plant, which we get mustard from. But there's also many other benefits of mustard, which I started to look at yesterday and I got off on a tangent at looking at all the natural healing benefits of mustard when you do certain things with it. 
but it's a powerful little seed. Every single one of you, if you believe in Jesus, has this mustard seed inside of you. And it's called faith. It's called faith. Faith in an unseen God, sometimes an unheard God, untouchable, mysterious. Sometimes it can be frustrating how separated we feel from God. But each of us, by faith, has this mustard seed planted inside of us. What we do with that seed is up to us. It's interesting that God gives us so much free will, isn't it? Have you ever thought about that? He gives us so much free will to do with our lives whatever we want. We can take whatever career choice. We can have relationships with whoever we want to have relationships. We live the lifestyle however we want. He gives us complete and utter free will. But if we believe in Jesus, we have this seed buried inside of our hearts. And it's called faith. I believe the important thing is what we do with the micro affects the macro. What we do with the inner parts of our lives, with that seed that no one sees, it gets buried right in the soil of our hearts. And that faith and that relationship with Jesus is buried right deep in. What we choose to do with that seed completely affects everything else around us. I want to relate to a a number of things. And I'll ask Peter just to whack up that last slide with some words that I've put there because I believe this is almost, it's not perfect, but it's a sequential order of the way I see the beginnings of things happening in our lives. It starts with our environment, the environment that we hang out in, the environment that we allow ourselves, the pasture we choose to hang out in. That has a big effect on the rest of our lives. That's the beginning steps of what are we going to bear fruit. The last thing I've got there is reproduce because when we fruit, we're actually reproducing, we're multiplying. And we only get to the stage of multiplying good stuff if we start with a good environment, a good place that we position ourselves in, good people, not toxic people, positive people, people filled with faith, not filled with negativity. If we choose to hang in an environment that has negativity and toxic and a lack of faith, then no matter what we do, it's going to wash off on us. If you think of it like that seed, if we take that mustard seed and we put it into an environment, into a pasture that is dry and crusty with no water and it's like clay soils like at our farm and they crack open, you know, like a a hundred mil, they can crack open and nothing's going to grow in that ground. If we hang out in that environment, that seed is going to die. And if it doesn't die because of the grace of God, it will be completely dormant. So the environment that we choose to hang out in, what we listen to, who we hang out with, what are we, what are we talking about, the conversations we have, this stuff is completely paramount to getting the micro right in our life. And if we get the micro right, then we get the next step right, and then we choose the food we're eating on. 
because the environment sets the atmosphere, but then we can choose to eat in that environment. We can choose to chew on the conversations. We can choose to have that same lifestyle and we can begin to eat that same kind of food, if you like, listen to those same podcasts. And, and this is where I believe faith increases in our lives. When that seed is planted in our life of truth, we then begin to water it with good food. We listen to things that are good. We, li- we hang around people that have faith. We hang around people who are bearing good fruit in their lives, not bad fruit in their lives. And this way we feed and nourish that seed that's in our spirit and it begins to grow. It begins to grow. And if we think of faith like a mustard seed, then we actually want to continually on a daily basis be nourishing it with positive influence, positive things, good food. I don't know if you're like me, but some of the most powerful things are born out of the most micro thoughts. I, um, I remember when I was working as a sales manager at the fiberglass factory, and I remember just walking into the, the factory from the op- office complex and a micro thought came to my head that I now believe was God's voice. But I think a lot of people have this and they don't even necessarily recognise it's God. Sometimes people don't even know the Lord, but that this, this idea will go, come into our heads. And for me, this thought came into my head, you could own this one day. And it was just a simple little thought, a micro thought. My, it only took about two seconds for that thought to brush through my head. Now, what I chose to do with that micro thought was spend the next 12 months Absolutely feeding that thought with prayer, with thinking, with research, with study. And as Karen knows, I I probably talked about it 24-7 for the next 12 months of our lives and, and fed it and fed it and fed it with good things. And what eventuated? I then born through the grace of God a company. And then it grew and it kept on going. And so you'll be amazed what God will do with your micro thoughts. You'll also be amazed what the enemy will do with your micro thoughts. If you have micro thoughts that are negative about yourself, get rid of them. They are not of God. They are not for you. They're not meant for you. Because if God has placed a seed of faith in your heart, they don't belong to you. Negativity is not yours. Toxic thoughts and relationships and conversations are no longer yours. You don't own that stuff anymore. It's not part of your life. It's not who you're called to be. But when the seed of faith is in your heart, it wants to bear fruit. I'm fascinated when I look at a tree these days and I look at this tree and I, I see it coming out of the ground and I think that thing has, it's only been watered, you know, in winter. It's been through deserts. It's been through dry periods, sorry, and droughts. And, and, and yet it's still, no matter what happens to it, it still wants to pop up out of the ground. In fact, even when you cull the trees, it still comes back up out of the ground. And so we have these active tree guys that come up our street every six months. Ever seen them? You know, the big machines, they come up and down our street and lo and behold, sometimes we'll be in our dressing gown on a cold winter's morning like this week and we'll look out there and go, what are those blokes doing out in our backyard? And there they are chopping down the new sprouts off the trees that are hitting the power lines. Trees always want to reproduce. 
You can't stop these things. I mean, people try and poison them, but that's toxic, isn't it? And that's what happens with toxic people. Poison, poison, poison. And so God has created us to procreate. He's created us to multiply and reproduce just like creation. And it's seasonal and it's natural. And so the environment and the food that we actually give ourselves are absolutely critical. Once we have good food, it then begins to affect our thoughts. I don't know about you, but whatever situation you're in, sometimes you'll, you'll have this random, random dream. And then you'll wake up and you go, oh, that's because I met that person the other day and we had that conversation. And so in your subconscious, it's, it's just mulling around there somewhere. And, uh, and out it comes in a dream or in a thought and, and that's because the seed is starting to be watered with something that's happened recently. And so it, it actually begins to start becoming our thought life. And we begin to dwell on things. What, what images we're looking at, what we're seeing and thinking. And I mean, it becomes a little bit of part of us, doesn't it? And again, we're beginning to water the seed. And if we're reading the Word of God and if we're hanging around good people and if we're worshipping like we did this morning in this environment, this is an environment of faith. Some people say, I don't need to go to church. That's okay, you don't. But your, st- your seed will stay roughly the same size. I don't see too many people really absolutely flourishing spiritually when they don't hang out in a community of believers. Because there's something about hanging out in a community of believers that empowers us and strengthens us. And it's, it's a multiplying effect where we actually iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? And we get around people and we begin to feed even off their faith. Even if we're not feeling faith, it's like, wow, they've got enough faith for me too. I'm going to take some of that faith. And that's what it's all about in community, isn't it? We rub shoulders. We haven't got it right. We're not perfect. But we need each other's gifting. We need each other's hunger to stir and stoke the fire. And so it becomes part of our thought life. And then once we start thinking about it, it becomes some of our behaviour. So when we're hanging around good people, we find ourselves saying things that other people around us are saying. I saw a meme the other day that was saying that, Um, You know, it's weird when your friend starts using that word that you just created a couple of weeks ago. So it wasn't even a word until you create it and someone else is now using it. And you sort of want to trademark it and get money for it, royalties. But it doesn't happen in this day and age. But that's what it's like. When we're hanging around good people, we actually get influenced by them. We get influenced by them and and the way they live their life and their faith, we begin to reflect that and and our behaviour begins to change. And so we find ourselves actually upscaling to a better level of the way we're living because we're starting to believe for new things. I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in a place where you're continually in an environment and hanging around people where you're the only one who's pursuing the Lord in that positive spirit, get some new friends. Get some new friends. Because it's great to do that for a certain time, but it will eat at you eventually. I've noticed this about people um, over many years that even from a mercy, compassionate heart, we go and we go and try and help people, and that's a good thing to do. But if these people are toxic and they're negative, don't stay too long. Give them the lasagna for dinner, bless them and pray for them and then get out of there. Because the Bible actually talks about this, lest you fall into the same sin. 
And so we've got to be careful about who we let influence us because it's a powerful thing. And the devil is like a cunning fox. And I hate foxes. They, they go after everything. We've got lambs now, and now they want the lambs. I mean, they're never satisfied. The enemy is never satisfied. He'll always go for more. He'll always go for more of your life, your mind, your thinking, your brain, who you're hanging around, and he will try and devour anything good that's happening in your life. So we've got to sometimes take stock and say, hang on, I'm spending 40% of my time with negative people. It's not doing me any good. I'm going to have to change my environment. And this is a pivotal thing. It's a very micro thing in your thinking, but it's a very macro thing in your lifestyle. And so it changes your behaviour because then you begin hanging around positive people full of faith. And it's like, wow, it's almost like an inward revival begins to happen because your spirit comes alive because you're not having to ward off all those comments anymore. All that negativity, those arrows, the enemy calls them. Ephesians 4 calls them arrows of the enemy. You're not having to attack and ward off all the arrows because all of a sudden you're in safe environment with safe people who have faith and speak life, not death. And it rubs off on you. And so your life begins to have different behaviour. You speak differently, you think differently, and you begin to act differently. Once we begin to behave like that, it then turns into habits. Habits, good habits. Once we make those good decisions and we're in a good environment, we're eating good food as in people and thoughts and, and food as well. Nutrition is a very important part of that. And, and our thinking changes and then our actions and behaviour changes and that forms habits, good habits. And so before long, we don't have to actively have the checklist every day anymore because we're forming habits in our life where good things are happening, good things are flowing. And then once they become habits in our life, inevitably we reproduce it. We reproduce it because whatever we live out of, and I mean live out of month after month after month, year after year, we actually reproduce whether we like it or not because people look at us and they go, wow, I can see that you're that kind of person. I hear how you talk. I see how you worship. I see how you live your life. I see how you handle yourself in tricky situations or in negative situations and, and you still remain positive and somehow that's incredible. And so I want some of that too. So someone catches a very good disease off you, a positive disease. And so we begin to multiply multiply the kingdom of God. And where did it begin? It began in the micro place. It began in your thoughts. It began in those very small moments, like even right now, when you're listening to me and you're hearing scripture and you're hearing some of this truth and you're going, wow, there's some of this I could apply to my life. There's some of this I could actually change and refine and sharpen and strengthen my life if I just get rid of that out of my life. See, sometimes the greatest breakthroughs that we make are by discarding stuff. Discarding stuff that doesn't need to be there. It doesn't even need to take doing more stuff. Sometimes we need to do more, but other times we have to just take stock, have a look at our lives and say, no, I need to get rid of that out of my life. And by getting rid of that, just having that micro decision, and then we take action on that, we then begin to bear fruit in our lives in a fresh new way because of the micro inner place of our lives changing. And you and I have a free will as to how we will do that. 
It's an amazing thing. Sometimes I wish God would come down in the middle of a service like this or in the middle of my prayer time when no one's around and just say, okay, now you need to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. It would be so easy, wouldn't it? Linear, rational, normal, wouldn't take any sort of faith or anything like that. It would just be completely easy to follow the Lord. But remember, He's planted this seed inside of us, this seed of faith. It needs watering. It needs time. It needs concentration. It needs prayer. It needs actions. It needs thinking and behaviour and habits to actually form. I am still fascinated. I know I talk about it regularly, but I'm fascinated by our weird and wonderful sheep. They are strange creatures. But yesterday... I opened up the dog paddock. The dog paddock's got, you know, half a foot of nice lush grass in there in amongst some worn out areas and things. But, uh, but I opened it up because the sheep area is looking a little bit bland. And, and the minute I open that thing, they're just bowling me down to get into the nice lush food. This is what we are like in the spirit. We need the lush food. We need that good stuff. That's why we come and worship together and fellowship together afterwards is so that we can actually spur one another on to good deeds and faith because we need that encouragement. I don't know about you, but it's hard in an isolated place. It's very hard in a distant land. You know, your, your, your accent changes. Everything changes when you're in a foreign place. But when you're with kingdom people, something happens. We get built up. We get a greater increase of faith and we begin to realise there is more. And I want to leave you with that thought today. For your life, wherever you're at right now, I want to promise you, and I can say this, I believe, by the Word of God, I want to promise you that there is more. There is more for your life. There is more available. There is more attainable. There is more influence there is more of His blessings and His goodness and His glory and His power and His presence and effectiveness in the kingdom, uh, influence in the world, all of this stuff. There is so much more. A lot of it will be determined about what we do with the seed, what we do with that seed of faith that's planted inside of us, how we water it, how we feed it, what atmosphere and soil we put around it, how we nurture it, then how we actually form habits and behaviours and routines in our lives that actually bear fruit. And then it actually becomes something that we reproduce. There is more for you. I believe there's more for every single kingdom believer here this morning. I believe it's a promise of God because he's a multiplying, increasing God and he goes from glory to glory. And so his plan over us is that we would increase. And we, yes, we face trials, we face challenges, there's hard stuff that happens in life. And if you're going through some hard stuff right now, I want to encourage you, get back to the micro. Just get back to the micro where no one's looking, where you don't have to do anything. Just get back to the micro. Get in that environment. Get in that good green pasture like the sheep. Just run to that pasture. 
And once you're in that pasture and once you've reset some of your thinking and your faith and what you're expecting and maybe get healed of some of those disappointments and resentments and bitterness and whatever else is going on, you do that best in the pasture. You don't do that best in the reproduction stage. You do that best right back in the micro, in the inner sanctum of our heart where the pasture is, where we can actually then eat good stuff again, nurture, nutrients, spiritual food, and we get healed up and we get strong in that micro place. Each one of us, how well we represent the king is highly dependent on what we do in that micro place. The seed of faith is so important. It needs your nurture. It needs your time. It needs all of this. I I believe that this is actually the key to growing a fruitful life, is looking at that seed of faith in our life, the micro place. 